Welcome everybody to Bitcoiners Guide. This is the podcast we wish we would have had when we first started learning about Bitcoin. So we made it for you. We are your hosts, Big Sean Harris, Plan Marcus. Today, we are here doing it solo dolo. Nobody in the house, just us two, no guests, like the old days. Marcus, how's your trade going? Sean, yeah, like the old days. My trade's going good, man. Trying to stack, trying to save. Dude, think, speaking of the old days, uh, in, in the chat that doesn't exist, uh, we, we were reminded of some some of the old days when we first started to, to get to know each other. Uh, and it brought us some good memories, you know, thinking about when was that probably early 2020 or 20, probably early 2020 when we first started to get to know each other. Uh, and I don't know, just like there's a lot of good nostalgic moments when it when it comes to Bitcoin. And, and you know, that's only been three years. So it feels like an eternity. It feels like we've known each other for a long time in a good way, you know. And so uh, I don't know, it's there's a, there's a lot of good memories. And, and I feel like there's a lot more good memories to be made along the way. Where, where do you think that nostalgia comes from? Because I notice I've been like looking back a lot lately as well. Like, oh, yeah. like now we're in there, you know, like. It was, I think it was 2020 when I created this Twitter account, you know, yeah. I got in at 2017, but I completely wasn't into um, Bitcoin Twitter or anything like that. I was just on you, YouTube and you, you but, know what, you know what, I, sorry for keep going. My bad, my bad. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm just curious. Like, why am I feeling nostalgic all of a sudden? You know, like, well, what, is it, is it the point in the cycle? You know, is it like, <laughs> oh, we're at the bottom again and it feels like we've bottomed out and we're going to go back up, you know? I don't know. To me, it feels like 2019 and 2019 was this period of like, we went up all of a sudden. It drew me back in, right? Because I bought like on the on the, the peak at 2017 and then yeah. after it dumped in 2018, I kind of got like discouraged and wasn't really paying attention. But then when it started to run in 2019 again, I was like, holy shit, this thing is doing it again. You know, it's going to happen <laughs> again. And it got me so excited. And that's when I really started digging in. So, you know, that was the, the yeah. So, so, so I've sort of felt like I've come full cycle now. It's been more than a cycle, but like the, this yeah. bottom part really feels like this was the time when I really, really got in, in into really going down the rabbit hole in any case. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, you know, what I think it is, is what we someone brought in a picture from back in those days. And I think like one of the things that makes it nostalgic is just we were it's like a, it's like a kid being born, you know, and you're five years old, or you're six years old, and you look up at the sky and you're wondering about like everything is new to you. You know, just everything in this world is new and it's so exciting. And, you know, nowadays you look up at the stars and sometimes you can take it for granted because you know that, oh, that's the stars up, up in the sky or whatever. And But back in those days, it was just like, you know, oh, there's a difficulty adjustment. Oh, there, you know, every little thing about Bitcoin was so exciting because it was also new and we were learning all at the same time you know like we kind of found this group of guys that that like had started looking into bitcoin in 2017 we probably started to get orange pilled in 2018 or 2019 and then then like we all were looking for people and no one in our own lives knew much about bitcoin and so at that point then i was like okay well Let's see well, who's on Twitter and who's talking about this. And then we all met each other. We're starting to meme. And it was just a lot of fun, you know, to to be able to 
to think now to think back of that in those days is like it was a ton of fun we would we would talk on the phone all the time and and we were just like forming these friendships that feel like they're going to last a lifetime and I, and I hope they do I honestly hope they do yeah yeah well even if they don't you know like this this part of history will always be like a part that you'll look back on you know like no matter how it turns out it's yeah. been really intense it's been a lot of fun and uh, a lot of ups and downs as well and what comes to mind when you when you tell me that it's like that picture you were talking about was uh, Anders and Puppy's uh, show, right? Yeah, like yeah. They were Toxic doing Happy their, Hour. Their YouTube Toxic Happy Hour. Yeah. And back then I was like, you know, I just came looking, you know, so I had like what, like maybe 50 followers or 100 followers on Twitter. You know, I just created yeah. an account and I found their channel and I found Puppy on, uh, on Twitter and I'm just there in the YouTube chat, you know, like just commenting and having fun and stuff and and they were also, I, I literally remember, I think it was like their first or their second show they did because they put it on Twitter, you know, like, we're just going to go live, you know, and yeah. they'd been chatting a lot like we're doing now. And they decided, let's just, let's just put it online. So yeah, with them, I realized, okay, they're just like plebs, just like, just like me, but they've, they found each other and now they decided to go on YouTube. So in my sense, it was fun to hear from them what they were going through. But one thing that comes to mind, Sean, is like back then when you first come to Twitter, you see like all these accounts and it's like huge, you know, like Bitcoin yes. Twitter is huge. Yeah. The longer I've been into it, the more you realize how small it actually is. Yeah. Right. And that all the people that at first, when I first came in, I figured, oh, these are all like OGs and these people know exactly what they're talking about. No, they're actually just like you and me right but they just got in like a couple of years earlier but i don't know for some reason i think out. yeah yeah i think i think if i could go back to my early days there i'd be like look just also take their word for a grain of salt just like how everybody listening to you and i should take our word for with a grain of salt you know because we're we're just coming in learning as well and you learn a lot along the way yeah i think and, i think that um I think the don't trust verifies is huge. And I think there's, yeah. you know, we so never know. There's there's going to be so many more people that come to Bitcoin who are going to have better ideas than you or me have or better ideas than Jack Mahler's has or better ideas than, you know, than NVK. Like some of the greatest who I, in my opinion, are some of like the greatest, you know, entrepreneurs in Bitcoin right now. There's going to be people that come along. They're going to have even better ideas and that push Bitcoin forward in new ways that we can't even fathom yet. And so I think that's what's important about the pleb, that pleb lifestyle and the pleb feeling is like, dude, no matter how long we've been in a Bitcoin, uh, it doesn't really matter. What matters is, you know, are, are you still true to, are you still true to Bitcoin? Are you still true to yourself? Are you loyal to it? And and I think that's that's the most important thing. There's gonna be people that come that come here that know more than us. And we have, and that's why it's important to stay humble because there's, you know, in Bitcoin, there's always someone smarter than you. And like, there's just too many things to learn about, you know, like you think about cryptography, you think about the, the history of money, Austrian economics, um, you think about, you know, just even game theory economics and, and looking at the patterns of humanity, like human action. There's so many philosophical, you know, routes you can go down. And, and so, you're never going to be the expert on everything in Bitcoin. And that's what's awesome about it is there's always someone who can teach you something. Yeah, that's that's definitely true, true. And at the same time, 
it's also just a bunch of uh, people that are, you know, no smarter than you are, you, you and I, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. Yeah, we're like, all coming at it and yeah. our mind is blown and we can all like philosophize on where this thing can go and how big it can get, you know, but at the same time, you know, like we've been reality checked a couple of times as well, you know, I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong. I mean, Bitcoin has done what I hoped it would do. Obviously, everybody was hoping for 100K and higher if you're looking at price. You know, and maybe adoption as well. Maybe we're hoping on quicker adoption when I'm looking at, um, for instance, uh, Bitcoin on balance sheets of corporations. Yeah, you know, this is this. I thought that would have taken a massive acceleration after Sailor came in. Me too. That maybe hasn't gone as, as fast as we did. On the other hand, we've got like a nation state actually adopted Bitcoin, Fine. right? So that came a lot faster. Maybe it's not the biggest country, and that's why, um, you know, but. Uh, have you heard the news today? Because we're just kind of like chatting, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's just like, actually, we were supposed to have a guest today on, but um, I uh, I overslept yesterday for another show. <laughs> <laughs> and then today we were supposed to have somebody else and he he didn't show up today. So we're going to have to, have to um, make up for that. But one of the news I wanted to ask you about, I heard that Bhutan, the nation state of Bhutan in Southeast Asia, has been stacking sets. Bhutan. Apparently, it came out. Bhutan. I'm sorry, I've never even heard of this country before. How do you spell Bhutan? I'm looking this up now. Bhutan is B H U T A N, and um, I haven't. A T N. What is it? B H U T A N. B H U T A N. Bhutan. I believe it's on uh, on one of the. It, it's in the you know, like Indonesia has a bunch of islands. Yeah, yeah. I don't believe Bhutan has. Um... So they've been stacking. Yeah, apparently their sovereign wealth fund had a, a bunch of um, investments. But uh, Singapore Hoddle pointed this out. He said uh, they weren't actually holding any Bitcoin because they were using. Um, what was it? The the BlockFi and and oh, really? those kind of services. But still, you know, it's a it's a sign, you know, that like, you know, we sometimes, are seeing sometimes, like sovereign you know, wealth. Sometimes you gotta go through the little shitcoin phase. You gotta get, <laughs> you gotta lose some Bitcoin to, uh, and then and then you really start to think, hey, what's what is it? is this all just a scam or is this real? You know, it takes it can take a couple years to really learn. Yeah. Be, besides, besides the shit coining, it's uh, it's also, of course, like as a nation state or as a massive sovereign wealth fund or pension fund, how do you hold your own keys, right? Yeah. So yeah, um, they're yeah. probably going to go to an exchange or some third party service to custody it for them. Yeah, and then not your keys, not your coins. You have that third party risk again. So it looks like the population there is seven, a little, just under eight hundred thousand people. I don't know if I'm looking right. right. So not that, geographically, not that, not geographically, that it's, it's located like south of the Philippines, right next to Indonesia, I believe. Is that correct or am I mistaken? Um, it looks, well, the Philippines are islands, I'm pretty sure. I don't think it's, in, yeah. I don't think it's an island, an island. It's, it's all landlocked from what I'm seeing. Is it? Yeah. Let me like, see where Bhutan is. Either way. Uh, that's that is interesting. You know, we that's kind of what we've always been saying, right? Is that there's going to be smaller countries, oh, yeah. 
that are going to be that are going to be piling to Bitcoin first because they're going to realize, hey, this is our chance. And and it's the same. It's like, the it, again, it just goes back to that club mentality of, you know, a lot of us who who feel like we didn't have a chance. Like, think about being being like most of a, a lot of people in Bitcoin are millennials. And granted, there's there's there are a lot of Gen X. There's some boomers, too. There's Gen Z as well. But, you know, specifically the millennials, it's like you get to a point where you re- like you realize, dude, this the cards are kind of stacked against us in the traditional fiat system. And so you get to a point where you're like, well, we don't have much to lose because we're going to lose anyway if we stay in the system. So once you really go down the rabbit hole, what's money? And and so then Bitcoin is that alternative of, hey, you know, this is something that it's working. It's been working for 14 years and it seems like it's going to continue to work and it seems better than the fiat system. And if you get in early, then you have the first mover's advantage. And so I think that's what these smaller countries are realizing too. It's like, hey, look, you know, the IMF has been these these economical hitmen and they've been taking advantage of these smaller countries. And so maybe Bitcoin can be somewhat of a salvador, like a savior to them. Uh, and that's, that's, what's interesting about, you know, the first country that, that ever did, uh, buy Bitcoin, it, their name is translates to the savior, which is, which is a little crazy. A little side tip right there. So what are you, are you still, are you still looking that up right now where they're located? No, I looked it up. I, 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 uh, I confuse it with Brunei. Brunei is a country there that's, uh, there in Southeast Asia. Bhutan, I looked up, it's, uh, you're right, it's completely landlocked. It's close to Nepal, so it's uh, borders in north of India uh, between China and Myanmar. So, yeah, yeah, not not a very well-known country. Yeah, so, I mean... I mean there's not a... by me, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to speak for other people. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't. I'd never even heard of the country until you just mentioned it. So, no, but I, I, I don't know. I just think it's interesting, Sean. You know, it's like these countries. You know, like a couple of years ago, it was like now it's actually all happening. You know, it's and you see it like in small little ways. You know, it's uh, so things keep happening, and um, yeah, with time, it's gonna happen more and more and more. You know, if you if you're talking about that nostalgia phase, you know, compared to a couple of years ago, sometimes I still like surprise myself here, like these news items coming out and everybody's like not even like retweeting it anymore. They're just like, uh, you know, what a shit coin or whatever, you know, they're not even buying real Bitcoin. Well, you know, a couple of years ago, it would have been would, massive yes. news, you know, yeah, and but, so yeah. we get we get kind of used to like this new phase and. If I still look at like all the all the check marks, because I guess something you got to keep asking yourself, right? As Bitcoin gets more and more adopted, and you know you kind of see like uh, diminishing returns over time, but is it really diminishing returns, or are we just like in that slowly and the suddenly phase still has to come, right? I mean, what happens if nations nation states really start stacking up against each other, and what would that do for like the 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 flow of demand on a on a constant basis and i don't know but if um if i keep looking at how everything's going i mean hash rate is still going up and up and up the amount of users coming in with every cycle you know this last bull run pulled in a lot of new people yeah the price is now coming out of a bottom and and pulling back up everybody's going to be in like that same phase at least at my gen at least 
a good number of people will have the same emotion that I had, you know, like, oh, you buy it at the top, then it falls 80 or 75%. And you're like completely like, oh, I was a sucker, yeah, you know? Yep. Yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden this thing jumps back up from 16K to what are we now? Like 30K, 29K. Yeah. And you look at the pattern and it's like, oh yeah, this is like the fourth time it's doing this now, you know? So <laughs> if I project that out, you know, and the halving's coming up in a year, I might want to stack my ass off right now because this could be like a life-saving opportunity. And then we start all over again where we were before. But I do imagine, however, that other people might look at it and they're seeing this, this graph and maybe it's not like the 40X or 20X cycles anymore, but you know, maybe it's a 5X. So what's going to happen next time? Is it going to be a 2X or a 3X? You know, so... And that's probably why people are going to be like, wow, hexes might be better because this guy Richard <laughs> Hart is telling me, you know, yeah. Bitcoin is uh, is just a slow 2x and uh, I'm going to promise you 100x. So who yeah. knows? I think that whole shitcoinery is going to be another big, um, big thing this coming cycle. It really does bring up a question, right? Because Bitcoin has more attributes to it than just the, the NGU, the number go up. Right. And there, like, there's a reason why the number goes up. And and I think it's when people I think there's two re main reasons. Obviously, it's when people understand what it is. And then the having, you know, I think the having plays a big role in why it goes up. And I guess some people might say, you know, it's going to be diminishing returns because the, the fees become a bigger a bigger chunk of the, you know, the block subsidy because it's, it's the block reward plus the fees. And so as Bitcoin gets cut in half and half, you know, that block reward gets cut in half, then the fees actually become a bigger percentage of, of the total block reward. So as that happens, maybe that does bring, you know, it gets, yeah, it gets cut in half, but it doesn't really get cut in half because there's still, you got to account for those fees. So, I mean, I think that's the, that's, that could be an argument. I, you know, the more that I look at it though, I just think that, uh, I just don't think it really matters. I think more and more people are going to understand what Bitcoin is. And, and I think that's, that is like the bigger issue is you look at these countries, right? And I think this is a, a point that Preston Pish brings up a lot, right? Like look at the countries that are net consumers versus net producers, all these countries that are net producers that actually provide things of value to the to the world, like you know whether it's energy or it's food or whatever it may be, or you know manufacturing supplies, uh, why would they continue? I don't. I just don't understand why would they continue to accept payment for something that these net consumers can print? Like it doesn't make any sense, you know. Like why if if I if I am working my butt off. I would imagine that the people who are who are giving me my money would, it have makes, also it work, makes... would also have to work their butt off to get that money. You know that something would have to to happen for them to get that money that they couldn't just print but it. But let's let's be honest, right? I think a lot of like plebs and population of countries they don't think about this stuff. But nation states know damn well that the United States has the world reserve currency. And mm -hmm. that they're the ones being able to literally print anything they want, right? Like they yeah. can just 
print dollars. Every other country has to try and get dollars. The United States is sitting on a dollar printing machine. So when they want to buy oil, they can just print a bunch of sheets of dollars, right? And send it over to Saudi Arabia and they get oil in return. Or everybody press a knew. Press a button every, right, right. So everybody knew that this was, you know, like a scam. Yeah. But why, why did everybody agree to do it? Because the United States enforced it, right? Yeah. Like they... They made a deal through the IMF and at all Bretton Woods, blah, 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 and their, their petrodollar system. Anybody who said, you know what, forget you, United States, I'm going to make my own gold currency. We all know what happened to them. I mean, look, like right now, there's like nuclear subs in the submarines laying right in front of Saudi Arabia because MBS said we're not in the, in the mood to please the U.S. anymore. So the first <laughs> thing the U.S. does is like send a nuclear submarine to their doorstep. You know, to help the negotiations, right? Mafia, <laughs> mafia tactics. But what, right? what we're seeing now is that for some reason there's so much infighting. At least that's my view. There's been so much like infighting in U.S. politics, you know, and also lack of credibility after the the Gulf Wars and stuff, you know, where people kind of like now all seem to agree that that was like a a war where we should have never gone into Iraq. You know, there were no weapons of mass destruction and it was just about oil and, and et cetera, et cetera. So, mm. I, yeah, and then we had like uh, two, 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 you know, a Republican president and a Democrat president that don't seem to be, you know, very much respected on the international stage. You know, China is up and coming and got this whole war in Ukraine. So... Yeah, it's a it's a fascinating uh, story that's unfolding. I think you're completely right, right? You can people coming in can look at it either two ways. I think a lot of people get drawn in from the number of Bitcoin going up or shitcoin numbers going up, and like I need money, right? Everybody's like struggling, and we can we can go into why that is from a fiat standpoint, a fiat standard uh, standpoint of view. So it draws people in, but this other story that's unfolding of like how bad the dollar currently is and how much inflation we've had and after corona how much money was printed and checks being sent out and then russia being kicked off of off of swift you know and now we've got all these other nation states deciding you know what maybe we should stop using the dollar and mm. it seems like the us is having trouble reining this in or keeping this under control right because once you leave one sheep jump over the fence, you know, if you don't like put him back in his cage quick, then you might have a have the risk that a bunch of sheep start figuring this out and start jumping over the fence as well. And before you know it, like the whole herd starts jumping out of your your fenced uh, area. And I don't well, know that, that to me that's what I'm seeing right well, now. Well, why I don't know where that's going. You but... see that tweet? I mean, I know you saw that tweet because I saw you tweeted at it. Winekiss was talking about how in Latin America they love Bukele, right? It's almost like yeah. everyone wishes Absolutely. that Bukele was their president in Latin America. Yeah, yeah. And so and when I was in when I was in Belize uh, last year, I had the same experience. You know, like we were literally just out in the I won't want to say the bush, but we were driving around the country and we just stopped along the road. And I'm somebody who always talking Bitcoin. You know, so there was this guy at the bar. We ended up talking to him, and he was from El Salvador, living in in Belize. You know, working there. So I, I asked him, I even made a little video and I posted back then. I remember that. But yeah. this guy was like, this guy was like, yeah, you know, like everybody out here is watching, you know, and the bartender behind the bar too. And yeah, even here in uh, in Colombia, where I'm at now, you know, people are all watching 
what's going on in El Salvador. And there, you know, like the newspaper is always full of, of what's happening there. Not only that they reduce the crime rate, you know, but the way they're standing up to the to the U.S. And I get the sense that a lot of these countries want to do the same thing, but they're kind of just seeing how this plays out first, right? I mean, you've got this silent, I don't know, it feels that way, like the silent majority, you know, not always a lot of people will agree with the crazy one standing up to fight the system, but they're afraid of the system, so they stay quiet, but they are kind of like quietly rooting for him, you know, and I, that's yeah. that's the sense of what I'm feeling. It on another on another subject, dude, did you see uh so I saw this tweet. Obviously, I'm always just looking on Twitter. This tweet from Luke Broyles, which made me think a lot, because he was he was like, Yeah, I went to I got some sushi for, for like $25, right? And he was like, it was 84,000 sats. He was like, one day that 84,000 sats is gonna be is gonna be like life savings for a family, you know, which is kind of crazy to think about. I mean, especially like especially as people continue to buy more bitcoin and as nation states and companies like sailor has like microstrategy has over a hundred thousand like a hundred and forty thousand bitcoin right so and they're and they're like a small publicly traded company imagine when these bigger companies get into it and every and all of these huge institutions you know there's like a bunch of them that own like you know fifty thousand coins well, then the marginal coins that people can actually get, like that aren't being just hodled, it's going to be crazy small. So the amount of Bitcoin that you'll actually need, the sets that you'll actually need, won't really be that much. You know, like, like you can buy like, a, like if you buy like $100 of sats right now and just sat on that for the next 30 years, depending on how adoption goes, like that might be good, right? We'll see. I'm, you know, I'm just kind of putting that out there. Yeah. But it, it's yeah, it, it's just funny because he was saying like I think so, I think someone else mentioned you know back in the day I remember when I used to be able to get a burger and a coke for you know fifteen cents and then now what you know you I bought know, a burger and a coke for fifteen cents I don't believe that come on come know. on you're not that old dude. he was an extra boom it was a boomer boomer it was the boomers boomer oh I, I thought you said you you bought it okay. no not me not me someone else tweeted that someone else tweeted it. i don't know it was something like that you know or 50 cents right or a dollar he said something like i don't know like, like i'm 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 42 and i remember when i was in high school i used to go to burger king and i would buy like a whopper combo you know so you get a burger fries and a drink and that would cost me like three dollars and twenty five cents. Yeah. So like your so maybe like your grandparents could get a Coke for fifteen cents. Oh, right. Yeah. My grandmother used to tell me that if she would go to the supermarket and she would spend like a whole gilder, right? Which which is like two like, euros. You're gonna have to help me on that one because no, I'm sorry. Yeah, years. because the gilder doesn't exist anymore, like the florin, you know, like the, the, it's, the, been the, by, the, it's been replaced by it's been replaced by the euro. Yeah, but back then we had gilders. Mm -hmm. Anyway, it's it's like a dollar, right? Just yeah, say yeah. it's a one dollar. But if she would spend like one whole dollar at the supermarket, <laughs> then she would get like, you know, like this free little Tupperware thing or something. Yeah. Oh, it was <laughs> like incentivized to spend more and then you'll get something for free. Yeah, but like, yeah, but like a lot of times, like her groceries would be like 80 cents or 90 cents. That was like her, her the grocery whole week. Bill, yeah. right. the whole week. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, and so that's what I'm saying is like, 
the the fiat system it it like brings you up one way right it's like oh i remember i used to buy a coke for 15 cents now you can like go to a like a gas station and buy and that might be like four dollars you go to ball game and pay like five bucks for a coke you know and and then on the other end you have like everything is getting more expensive over the years right yeah it can fluctuate from time to time but but basically the dollar is programmed to debase as they say right like you we know we don't know what bitcoin's going to do we know that the dollar will get like will get debased but with bitcoin the trend has been even though it's been you know even though you got hanky out there saying it's like speculative which i freaking hate cuz he picks his own time frame but you you have bitcoin and it's like oh yeah i paid 84000 sats for sushi one night in 2023 and then you know and then it's going the other way where it's like oh you're gonna only have to pay you know 15 sats for sushi one night in 2053 and so like everything just gets cheaper and cheaper in bitcoin which like we've already known that but it was a really cool object lesson i guess you could say just to to see how that all plays out yeah yeah, the one thing I always tell people, which to me always like I felt it, you know, like in in Holland, you're you're required uh, when you get a salary, your employer is required to I don't know to hold back like thirty percent and put in a pension fund for you, right? It's like this mandatory pension, yeah, which we basically use to pay out the pension requirements of people who are retiring today, right? Yeah, that so it's, so it's like a, it's a massive passing scheme because so and then the government that. will provide you the government or your employer will provide you with the sheet you know that like okay part of your pension is being um being put to to work in like some kind of uh, stocks and you know they trade with it basically right Just to, to make sure it will keep a return and then they give you these projections. You don't have to, right? You, we get like these options where you can either just put it like 100% savings or you can have oh, a little bit more aggressive pension fund. Yeah, so you can you can choose with a part of it. In the, US, no we're, in the U.S. we're forced to. I'm no specialist in pensions, but, you know, I, I just remember always looking at it thinking it was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. I just know that a lot of people right now are all complaining that, you know, their pension doesn't buy them anything because they give, yeah. they'll give me like this overview and I'm, I'm going to downplay it a little bit and whatever. I'm just like a pleb working in the in, in office job, you know, yeah, you, a couple yeah. years ago in Holland. But they'll give you this overview and let's say it's like, okay, when you're 65, you'll get like $2,500 per month, right, in, in pension. And that, I'm, I'm lowballing it here. Even if it's like double that or triple that, whatever, it doesn't matter, right? Depends on, on your job, but you'll get an overview like this and you'll be comparing that to your current salary and you'll be like, oh, that's that's decent. You know, probably by that time, I'll maybe go live in a little smaller house or whatever, you know, kids, <laughs> kids will be out of the house. The hopefully hopefully I've, I've been able to like pay down my mortgage by that time, you know, so maybe I can rent out my house. So you're already realizing that a pension will never be enough to just live off of. But the joke is like, what sounds like, let's say it's $3,000 a month now, you could be like, oh, well, at least I could pay. But by the time I'm 65 or 70, you know, they might make make you work till you're 70 by that time. Yeah. You know, me, me being around 40, that's like 30 years from now. If you look at how inflation is going, 
that 2000 bucks will feel like, you know, like it's 500 bucks or 300 bucks. So less, less than that. And and that's, that's really the the painful part of it because the value you're putting in now and what you think you're saving or what you think you're supposed to be getting on paper, they'll be right. They'll be like, yeah, see, we promised you your whole life, you'd get 3000. But as time progresses, progresses, you're going to be less and less happy with that 3000. And you feel like you've gotten screwed by the time you've uh, you've retired and you won't literally won't be able to buy like one weeks of uh, groceries for it so it's it's so true i mean think about like dude i remember when i was like just getting started and trying to understand money and investing and all this stuff like one of the biggest things that which they still use today is you know i don't know when this started or or when it's gonna gonna end but it's still used today people will they'll use a baseline and they'll, and the baseline will be a million dollars, right? It'll be, if you do this from your twenties, well, when you're 65 and you retire, you'll have a million dollars, you know, and yeah. like, dude, if you're, tw- if you're 25 right now. And so in 45 years or in 40 years, when you turn 65, Oh, you have a million dollars saved up. What's that going to buy you? You know, even 10 years ago, like a million dollar home was was like, oh, this is really good in the United States, in most places in the United States. Nowadays, like I'm from Sacramento, like a million dollar home is nothing special anymore. You know, even like, yeah. you know, like, like a million dollar home. It's it's still to like, a lot of people, it's still like a really beautiful home, but it's not like that million dollar home. Like, like when a, we were like teenagers, you know, yeah. like. So it's like the the rap stars that had million dollar homes, right? So imagine, (laughs) so imagine in 40 years too, like what is, what is a million dollars going to get you? You know, like, is that even enough to retire on? And what about if medicine is like like way better? Like literally my, my, my parents. So yeah, I'm sorry. Like my parents, they bought like their home back in the seventies, I believe. And they paid 70,000 guilders for it. Yeah, yeah, which is about like thirty thousand dollars. I just keep thinking of like a fish when you say gilder. I don't know why. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. It's it's Holland, but anyway, it's like thirty thousand dollars, and literally today that house is worth like a million bucks. So it's it's, it's you know it's um and it's only gonna it and it has to go faster because because they have to keep printing because of pensions. There's, because of the demographics, there's there's less babies being born, so you have to keep printing because of because of that. People's houses, people always want their house price to go up, so that has to keep getting printed for like stock prices. You have to keep printing because you need stocks to keep going up. Like unfunded liabilities, whether that's you know healthcare or whatever it may be, all of these things have to be printed for. Not to mention the bond market, sovereign debt has to be printed for because no one's buying going out and buying bonds that are yielding lower than the inflation rate. So it's like all of these things, there's just more money being printed and printed and printed. And what can you know what can the average person do? You can't you can't just be like, well, I'm gonna save it and hopefully, you know, when I'm 65 years old, then I'm gonna have enough money to retire on. I'm gonna have a million dollars, right? It's like that million dollars would be nothing to you. Like you can't trust that any amount of fiat will be enough for you at that time because we might not even be using fiat at that time, you know. And I think that's where a lot of people are getting bit in the butt is like you can't you can't like use the old 
like to succeed in today's world when the when the fiat is dying you can't use old world metrics you can't use old world models you can't use old world like investing techniques you have to upgrade what you're using and and it's like not even that hard right it's like just use bitcoin that's it like it's 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 way more simpler than it what than what it used to be but it's just it's just bitcoin just hidden in plain sight and so it's really hard for people to see it i think i don't know did you did you did you see that graph that uh lynn alden found in like the the u.s treasury does like this monthly reporting thing and they had like this infographic chart where it showed what the deficit was. Yeah, right? yeah, the, it was like a yellow bar at the bottom. <laughs> exactly. It was not, so, it wasn't drawn to scale. Exactly. That was the only part of the, the, the entire. So the deficit is like 1.1 trillion US dollars, right? And the, the total receipts are two, two trillion. Right. So in total, the the outlays or the expenditures of the government are about three trillion, but they're only receiving two trillion dollars of uh, <laughs> of income, basically. Yeah. Right. So like the income is stuff like individual income taxes and social insurance and retirement stuff. What we were talking about is now mm -hmm. that those two are pretty much the biggest chunks. And then like the. The expenditures are like social security, health, income security, national defense, Medicare, and net interest. The net interest, you know, so the interest they have to pay on outstanding bonds is like 300 billion. So 0 0.3 trillion US dollars. But the joke is that the deficit, so is like a full 1.1 trillion US dollars. It's just, Insane. If you just remember that, like in 2008, right, the, yeah. the United States government printed 800 billion, and the whole <laughs> we had Occupy Wall Street, Wall Street. and everybody yeah. went insane. It's yeah, like you just printed a trillion. Yeah. Right now, the yeah. deficit is 1.1 trillion by itself, which is more than Social Security and health and income security together. Right, National right. Defense is 0.4 trillion. The deficit is 1.1 trillion. I can't repeat it again. So the interest they're <laughs> going to have to pay on this stuff. So they have to print like 1 trillion at least just to cover the deficit. Just, just a gap. But how just are they? Gap. Yeah. And then the debt, they create, they create more debt and more debt and they have to pay interest on it. And the interest on that debt is increasing now. Because so this is just like, this is like this, this death spiral lavish and Preston Pish and all those guys keep talking about, right? Where like you just have so much credit card debt that like the interest you have to pay, you can't even pay the interest pay. anymore, right? And the United States can't do it. So they keep printing it. So, but they're like in this doom loop where they're going to have to accelerate printing and print more and print more, you know, basically just get like a new credit card to cover the old credit card debt. And like combine that with the interest, it's it just like spirals and accelerates out of control and that's literally it's it's happening so fast now and uh, so yeah the next couple of years are going to be insane and you know they have to print this money because they have they can't go bankrupt right like we have to raise the ceiling the debt ceiling and we can never default on our loans no that just means you keep printing so you keep devaluating your currency so we're 
it's yeah basically what all bitcoiners are saying now in the next you know years or decade we're just going to see accelerated printing the dollar is going to go like inflationary and who, who knows at what point it's going to go hyperinflationary but people are going to feel it more and more and more you're going to have to keep running harder and harder and trying to make more money because things are going to get more priced more expensively you know that hamburger or your supermarket those prices are going to go up and up at an ever-increasing rate and your salary is not going to be able to keep up so people are going to struggle more and more they're going to get angry and stuff is going to break yeah and yeah. I mean, it's it's really happening in front of your eyes right now. It's uh, it's fascinating. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I just say we're in full on zombie mode right now as a, as a country, and basically every country in the world. They're, we're in full on zombie mode. We have to print more money. We have our debts are greater than what we bring in. This is zombie. It's a zombie country, and so the only way to cover that up is is to either get a loan from another country or to print your own money. And as you print your own yeah. money, you add more units into the broad supply of money and that causes inflation like it's not that it's not even that hard and i don't yeah, like more okay. people aren't figuring this out like especially like we hit like when you see the united states prints you know three or four trillion in 2020 and 2021 like it's not that hard to see what's going on i don't understand why more people aren't studying this stuff and you know maybe they're just getting caught up in in their daily lives but this is going to affect everybody and it's going to affect everybody in a bad way. So like, yeah, think about this, Sean, right? Like to, to add to add to the problems, right? This is what's going on. And then at the same time, you have countries or other nation states, because we live in this world where the United States dollar is, you know, the, the, the world reserve currency. So there's like a lot of dollar demand because of trade and, you know, because of the the whole euro dollar system and i have to keep repeating because i didn't know that up until like a year ago or something like euro dollar is just it's not euros it has nothing to do with the euro it's, it's just offshore. dollars outside offshore. of the united states and yeah yeah george but Gammon ima loves, imagine george loves the, you're talking about the euro dollar that's his that's his number one <laughs> right but imagine now, right? Imagine Brazil does so much trade in dollars, right? And and Russia and India. And now they're de deciding with the BRICS countries, you know what? Screw the dollar. We're just going to do it in, I don't know, the Chinese yuan or whatever new currency they come up with or whatever. But we're not using the dollar anymore. That means that there's a massive dumping of dollars from, from, like, from that part of the globe as well. You know, that yeah. demand for dollars... Where are those back. dollars going to go? They're dumping them. They're all shore. flowing back in. Yeah. But <laughs> so, I don't know. Yeah. I, it, it, it only, you know, once it goes, it, it goes. You know, it's uh, once that trust is broken, everybody will start dumping it. And I feel like we're seeing that happening. Like people are like, but when is it going to happen? I think it's happening already, honestly. What, what doesn't make like sense? You can literally. What's kind of crazy can, is like how the how these countries have been playing this charade for so long, honestly. Like if I was in China and I went to Saudi Arabia and I was like, hey, I want to buy in, I want to buy oil or gas from you. Like, why do they need, like, I was like, why are we doing this in a different country's money? Why don't we just do it in ours or in yours? You know, like, 
or in gold because they enforced it sean that's what i tell you those are those exactly. nuclear submarines we were talking about yeah exactly cause they, cause you, you know what happened to gaddafi you know yeah, Gaddafi. Saddam. Yeah, or Saddam was, yeah. Any, anytime that anyone has tried to to stop the the u.s dollar hegemony what's happened is you end up with the u.s troops on your soil so yeah, uh, you get first you get sanctioned right like first they'll put like economic sanctions on you and they'll pressure and they'll put trade embargoes and stuff on you. And that that's enough to kill your economy. So you just, you know, you didn't have a choice. Yeah. Which is interesting because this this may be another reason how uh Bitcoin uh does a little Trojan horse in Latin America or even in like that Bhutan country, is like these smaller countries, they're so small that the United States may feel like, well, what's the point? It's too small to even do anything to them right and, and at the same time like they like at least in el salvador they have the u.s dollar is also recognized as 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 a global current or as their their country's currency it's legal tender there so it's the u.s dollar plus bitcoin so maybe that's how how bukele is is like escaping scot-free is because he's like well look we still use the dollar right they use bitcoin but then they also use the dollar so yeah, there's a, there's one other country in Latin America that uses a dollar that's dollarized, which is Ecuador. So it'd be interesting to see if they make that move. There's talks of you know Argentina wants to get dollarized. I'm sure Brazil as well. Uh, those both those countries are going through crazy inflation. So it would be interesting if those countries get dollarized, and then it's like, then you get dollarized, you move to Bitcoin standard while you're still dollarized. And what can the U.S. do against you? You know, I don't know. That's th those are all really interesting ways to to Trojan horse Bitcoin into your country. Into yeah. There's there's been so much there's been so much developments lately, Sean. Because you know, like I think three years ago, a CBDC was like, oh, you're you're a conspiracy theorist, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's never going to happen. We're never going to see that in. But you know the the drum of the CBDC has only gotten louder all across the world, right? And there's actually countries already implemented it, and now we got this news. And I don't think it was the IMF who launched it, but it was at an IMF event that this new Unicoin was uh, unveiled. This news mm -hmm. came out just this week. Did you did you follow up on that? Like no, you, I saw I I did see that. I didn't I didn't take a deep dive into it though. I did see the I saw that. Just the name alone is funny. Yeah, it sounds like uh like Uniswap or Unicorn or Yeah. <laughs> it's just well, they're trying I to put be... a tweet out there. I was like, okay, so now we have twenty thousand and one shit coins, right? Yeah. <laughs> because now the IMF also decides to but this just goes to show that like why is everybody all of a sudden in the interest of just like creating their own money and creating coins and it just goes to show that like, okay, you know, at least back in, it also really speaks to gold in my, and I know every Bitcoin is like the shit on gold and I'm one of them too, you know, because Bitcoin yeah. is obviously outperforming gold, but second, at the same the time, best. you know, like gold, gold is the second best. We'll give it, we'll give it that. <laughs> yeah, sure. I can, I could go along with that. Yeah. You know, at least, you know, there's proof of work gone into obtaining that gold, you know, and there's there's definitely a limited supply you know there might be a lot of gold like in the earth still and if production goes up we get more gold but 
you know, there's a real world cost associated with it. It's not easy to get gold. You know, yeah, it's like a lot of work. There's constraints. So, so it's a fair, it's a fair system, you know, like, but all these unicorns, the CBDCs they're talking about and fiat, they are all yeah. literally just created by the push of a button yeah. by your overlords. And they all say, trust us because we are the central bank. We are the central authority. And that's what's backing this coin. You can trust us. Yeah. So, okay, <laughs> I here, don't know. I don't here, even have here, to say more. Right? I hate you seen, like reiterating you, this because if yeah. people don't see this by now, then I just don't know what to tell you. Well, people don't see it, first of all, you know, because no one, how many people are actually paying attention to it, right? I mean, dude, I remember when I was, used to listen to to like the crypto podcast back in 2017, 2018, they would talk about uh, a digital dollar, right? And they were all excited about it, which I didn't, you know, I didn't know what to think about it. And then, and then one day, dude, one day I just clicked. I'm like, oh, uh, CBDC is is a tool of surveillance. You know, it's, it's the opposite of Bitcoin being a tool of freedom. And so, he, here's here's something though that I would say. Well, there's two things, two tweets that I've seen lately. One was from Steve Hankey, who he was like, oh, I was getting coffee with my wife, and some guy. I was listening to this one guy talking about CBDCs and how they're gonna. You know, he was some conspiracy theorist talking about how CBDCs are going to take away, you know, all our freedoms and it's going to be a tool of surveillance. And, you know, and then I saw Mandrick was like, and then and then Steve Hankey explained to the guy and all the coffee coffee shop how CBDCs are actually a tool of freedom and bring more inclusivity to the world. And the whole and the whole coffee shop stood up and started clapping for him. You know, it's like, what? how is it not a tool of surveillance? First of all. Second of all, this is what I wanted to really talk about is Joe Carlosari. He's been tweeting a lot about how he's like, well, what's the difference really between a CBDC and what we have currently, you know, and as far as the banking system is is concerned? What I, I would kind of like to know your thoughts on, you know, what is the difference? Is it is it just more surveillance? Is it directly from the state instead of there's no intermediate intermediary with a bank? Like, what is the difference between, because they, like banks can already shut off your account. They can already, you know, freeze or seize your money. Uh, like, what is the difference between a CBDC and and what we currently have? I mean, we're kind of already, it makes yeah. me, we're already living in a dystopia a little bit. Yeah, no, that's that point was definitely taken to heart. I saw those as well. You know, where it's like, oh, people are scared, like, oh, then they're able to like see all your transactions. Well, you know, like we can already see all your transactions and look at the Canadian truckers, right? We can like pinpoint every trucker to seize their funds, you know? So not like a CBDC is going to be novel in uh, in that sense. And then your question, like, what is a CBDC? Like, to be honest, like, I don't even know yet because we, you know, it, like they're not implemented yet. Um, the government is real stingy on like I you literally hear Christine Lagarde. I'm talking Europe here again. I'm sorry, um, but you know Christine Lagarde of the European Central Bank says you know like yeah they're you know it's not decided yet, but we're going to decide on it in October. And then when I ask my family and friends in in Holland, I'm like have you heard of a CBDC? No, I have no, no idea. You know there's a digital no. So there's no. no debate. There's no discourse. This European Central Bank is like changing the money and deciding on all this kind of stuff. And there's going to be a vote, I guess, somewhere in October. I don't know. 
but they're not really explaining what it's going to do. And she says there will be control, right? So what kind of controls? Well, you know, what they're doing now in Europe, at least, is like every year they're reducing the amount of cash you can take from the ATM per day or per week, right? So there's this, that's trying to, that's yeah. Yeah, I believe in France, if you spend more than a thousand euros, which is about a thousand dollars in cash, then literally Christine Lagarde says, you know, like, okay, well, it's a gray area. You could go to jail, right? That's ridiculous. That's <laughs> so abs- it's, it's so ridiculous. Okay, exactly. But this is literally, this is not a conspiracy anymore. This no, is it's not. actual words. You can and look people, it up. And people right? are just so okay with it. People are, why are people okay with this it? This is the frog. This is the frog in the water getting boiled slowly, right? Yeah. It's like people are just not outraged at all. No, we're just like, well, I I use I electronic anyway. I don't need cash, and and then she throws in something like, yeah, you know the 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 terrorist attacks in France a couple of years ago, and Charlie Hebdo. I don't know if you they were all financed by these micro credit stuff, and it's like really uh, you know how do i know that wasn't even like a cia operation for all yeah. i know right i don't want to be too conspiracies but come on is that so but this cbdc yeah let's talk about what's really different right i mean yes they're going to be able to control but what what they're going to be able to do i guess is and that's what i see coming more is that it's actually going to be like programmed uniformly right so um yeah, what, an what, example i don't like I'm gonna give you your um, you're on some kind of social program where you get like rent extra a little subsidy for your rent right because you're like on minimum UBI, wage or whatever UBI. and the government has this program that you are you know this this five percent of the population has the right to some extra free money to help them with their rent so they have this minimal standard of living right. Well, then they give you that money, but they'll be like, okay, you can only use that money to actually pay for your rent, right? So <laughs> I don't know how they implement it. Or you get food money, right, for food, but you're only allowed to spend those euros or dollars at a supermarket. And if you go try and spend them anywhere else to buy Bitcoin, for instance, they're going to say, uh-uh, you're not allowed to spend it there. Or you're buying clothes, you're not allowed to spend it on that. And who knows, maybe your kid, you know, we, we take decisions all the time. If you're literally minimum wage and your kid's going to school in like old clothes, you might be like, you know what? I'm just going to buy these clothes for my kids first, right? Because he has a bad day or important day at school tomorrow. And then your money, in, yeah, you can you can debate whether it's your money or not, right? And that's how we're going to get slow cooked as well. Yeah. And then once they put in those controls, it's just going to extend further and further. And they can tax you directly or they can put an expiration date on your money. The question, uh, and that's obviously harder question, to implement from yeah, the way the, money is implemented now. Yeah. To the question that every person has to ask themselves is, wh- where do we draw the line, right? Like, where do we draw the line as far as when is it not my money, right? Because if it's my money, I can spend it however I want to, however I please, and however much at, at, at any time. And if it's not my money, then there's controls on it. And and I have a third party telling me when and where and how much I can spend. And I think that's that's what we're seeing with this with the climate scam is is a whole new thing of it's like there's gonna be a social credit score connected to every purchase that you have, which who knows if that's true or not, right? It's like lately every conspiracy theory has been coming true. So 
if someone if people are saying it and it's possible the state's gonna take every like if they can do it they're gonna do it you know like why wouldn't they do it why would they not take more control if if people the point don't is care, you know and i think this yeah. is one more thing is that we just have so many people out there who go well, I don't care about my privacy. Well, I don't care about them doing the, the state doing. It's like, well, one day, then you'll just be a slave because they'll keep taking. Like, like there won't be a stop to it, you know. And I think that's the issue. They'll, they'll actually they'll, the way the way they'll enslave you is not by taking, but by giving, right? We like <laughs> sounds weird, but think about it, right? They're gonna they're gonna put you on like this central bank digital currency standard, which is just like points, a point system. They'll give you UBI. And they're and they're gonna give you so much of it. And you're talking about this is my money, right? I mean, what, you is your money? Yeah. what is your money? What is your money? Right? The money that you worked for or saved. Yeah, exactly. You didn't work for it. So by just creating more and more of it, even if you had some money that you actually worked for and saved for. It's just being diluted at such an incredible rate. It's like complete worthless, right? You've just, that money has been completely debased. So you saved in money that they were able to like completely dilute. And then they're flooding everybody with all this free money. And now everybody's dependent on them, right? Because, yeah. Well, <laughs> so well, that's why. It just, goes, it just goes back to like, oh yeah, they're going to implement, they're going to implement uh, expiration date on your money. Well, our money already has an expiration, and this goes to Joe Carlosari's point. Our money already has expiration date on it because of inflation, and right. and so people don't realize that like inflation is just a slow expiration date on your money, and and so like but this will the expiration dates will come quicker, they'll come faster, and and it is a really good point. Like if you get confused by what money actually is, which this is like this is the real biggest point right here. If you're getting confused by what money is, money isn't something that can just be given to you, right? Like it's something that you're working because if it can be given to you, then it can also be taken away from you. And so I think that that's what people have to realize is like if you're just a, accepting money willy nilly from your government without understanding where it's coming from or why it's coming to you, there's also going to be there's going to be little contingencies on that money. You know, it's like it's like accepting money from from your in-laws or you know or letting your in-laws buy you a home oh okay well now every time that they come over you have to do exactly what they say because they're paying for your lifestyle and so that's the same way if the government's paying for your lifestyle then you have to accept everything that they tell you to do because they'll just take it away if you don't if you don't say, do what they say and i think that's the biggest issue is like do you want freedom or do you want convenience and most people right now are siding on the side of convenience, but eventually it won't be convenient. It'll hurt. And that's when you're going to want freedom. But are we going to be able to see it before it happens? I, I just don't know if enough people are going to be able to see this. Yeah. Yeah, I think you can, you can come at it from like different schools of thought, right? I mean, there's also people, you know, and history speaks to that as well. That says like every currency eventually collapses for the same reasons. It happened to Rome, you know. It's um, you become too big, the government, you know, and the militaries, and they all need financing. You get overstretched, so they start diluting the coins or they start clipping coins, you know, to keep paying for like their deficits and stuff. 
And it happened time and time and time in history again. You know, all great civilization got too big and then ultimately, yeah, collapsed on itself, right? So just from, from that historical lessons, you can be like, okay, well, maybe that's about the phase that the U.S. is in. Doesn't mean that the entire world collapses, right? It just means that, you know, like there's a, like a rebalancing of power. People will start looking for other currencies they have more trust in right or other assets whether that's back to gold or back to bitcoin obviously we've never had bitcoin before um so it, it doesn't have to mean that it's like this radical and you know like this this cbdc thing feels like you know those those last twitchy movements of a dying empire yes. right yeah like the, the same kind of stuff right where they come with like more things of control, like, oh my God, you know, think of Rome, they had these armies all over Europe and they were like these, you know, like sub parts of the armies or factions defecting and stuff. And then they came with like really repressive and shocking punishments, you know, to keep people from defecting, right? Because they saw like, oh my God, if others are going to do this as well. But ultimately, I also think of like, if this CBDC is really like this dystopian thing, people are just not going to accept it, right? I mean, a government is still beholden, ultimately. I mean, as long as they get to, like, turn up the heat slowly and we don't, you know, really notice it. But if the water is really boiling, people are going to get out of that pan, right? <laughs> they're going like, to revolt. And then there, there's going to be have to be some heavy hand pushing them back into the pan. But, yeah, I, I don't know if, if the government has that big heavy hand. And then... I think, I think it will just crumble people. from within and and things will change. Yeah. I, I think a lot of it just depends on how many people will push back and how many people with a big enough voice will push back, right? Because if you go to to like the lockdown period, you had a lot of a lot of celebrities were vocally voicing for everyone to stay inside and to mask up and do all these things and to be compliant. Yeah. And so who, you know, even like Arnold Schwarzenegger, he was like, screw your freedoms, right? You know, and then he comes out like a month ago and apologizes for that sentiment. It's like, dude, you know, oh, what is that? Your apology doesn't mean anything right now. Like you need to say yeah. the, the right things when we're in the middle of it. And so I think it just goes to show we need more Bitcoin. We need people who, who have FU money can't be bought but even even those people ultimately i you know i have one of those friends right who's who's in that camp you know so he i'm always in a debate with him it gets really heated and we just end the discussion deciding we'll agree not to agree right <laughs> but i get i kind of i can kind of agree where he's coming from too he was like yeah but he wants to defend you know he's like okay but look we have so much stuff to tank as well for organizations and I mean, you can't organize the Olympics without having like organizing body, a centrally organized body yeah. and, you know, all this. So you still need organization and like we need like some form of democracy. So and like every, all the stuff you've learned in school, you know, so he's still in that camp very much. And he's like, yeah, I'm also seeing that like this, this vaccine was developed at record space and we probably haven't tested, but it was also all new. And he's like, I was, didn't agree with the lockdowns either, but we had to do something. And he was like, look, I'm just going to look at it for a bit. And if it really comes dystopian, then I'm definitely on your side, he says. You know? But he kind of had the hope that, and yeah. now he's saying like, yeah, and look, you know, things have gone like a little bit more back to normal, right? So, I mean, 
and we don't have that CBDC and they didn't tie the, the, the vaccine to your passport yet, right? So he's like, see, it wasn't all that bad. Maybe you were like overreacting a little bit, you know? Anyway, my point being, I'm not saying he's right or I'm right, but the point is he was paying attention, you know? He still had belief in the old system. But if the old system would keep deteriorating and getting more and more repressive, there would be a point where he would switch and just not take it anymore either. Yeah, but when, like, that's the, this is the issue, right? Is you can <laughs> say that all you want. And I know you're not saying this, it's your buddy. But still, it's like, you can say that all you want. But when it gets to that time, you can't say anything. Like, think about the people that tried to, to speak against the narrative at that time. They were getting their YouTube shut off. They were getting their Twitter accounts canceled they were getting banned from facebook banned they were like they were getting erased from any any existence of having any any type of media and so like you know like at yeah, some you point see, the you narrative know. is rolling so strong and then you say well this looks like it's finally crossing my line well dude you're you're just getting rolled over like, like it's moving too quickly you know and so that's i think that's the hard part is you can't just you know you can't just say oh i'm not gonna i'm not gonna participate in this when at that point everything is moving so fast like there's nothing yeah and look at like in in europe a lot of this stuff is happening right like so the french are protesting now that their their pension age is like being raised again right and people do take to the streets at a certain point look at the dutch farmers as well you know like yeah and still, they're not winning. It's not very effective because those freaking politicians will just keep pushing their own agenda forward. But people are getting angrier and angrier, and you will see blood in the streets, right? Like, ultimately, people are going to revolt. And the beauty about Bitcoin, to me, is like, this is like, you know, super effective. You don't have to, you know, take your tractor and drive down to, like, your capital and stand there for days in the cold or in the heat or in the rain, whatever. No, you just like, if you don't like what your government is doing, you simply buy Bitcoin. Just opt out of their system of control, you know, and they're going to have to start listening to you again. It's that simple. So it's the most, it's the easiest revolution, you know, you'll ever partake in. I love that saying. It's not my own. I didn't come up with that. Honestly, I remember it was MTC, you know, from the meme factory. He said that, you know, like that was one of his better quotes. I really like it. Like, dude, this is like the easiest fight we're going to fight right because we get to fight it from the comfort of your own home buying bitcoin yeah i mean the war right now the fight is for the mind and so that that is that's the thing is you know are enough people going to be able to make this decision and i think that's you know when i talk to a lot of people they go well how does bitcoin fix this and i think you just nailed it right it's like their tool of control is the money everyone needs it it's half of every transaction Everybody needs money and that's their tool of control, whether that's, you know, used as a, a weapon overseas or they can use it as a weapon domestically is the control of the own of their own money. And so if you opt out of their money, you know, it's separation of state and money. And so if we opt out of the money, then we can opt out of the control that they have over us. And they're no longer like the, the in-laws that control every little thing that we do. But now we have more freedom in our lives and it comes with more responsibility. You know, you got to write down 12 words, <laughs> you know, you got to write down those 12 words 
or else you yeah. you don't have that freedom. It's not that hard, but it's still what you got to do, you know. And no one's gonna come and save you when you lose those twelve words. Those are your is it, you know. You, there's no helpline. There's no uh, customer service to call. So like, yeah. you know, it is it is a little bit hard. It was so funny. Like speaking of George Graham, and I, I, I actually met up with a guy here in Medellin. We had a bit. There was a Bitcoin meetup, and he showed up at it, which was quite funny, right? Yeah. And uh, that was, that was, uh, you know, and yeah, the 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 meetup. It was it was really small, which was good. I think there was about like 20, 20 people in total, <laughs> but it was really good because um, there's more and more uh, like. Yeah, we had Pleb Music was there, which was really fun. Um, um, Luke, Luke Mikic, Luke Hoddle, yeah. you know him? Luke Mikic, the Australian guy. He also fled yeah, Australia and he's in the, he's here in Medellin now. So I met, got to meet him for the first time. And uh, he, he also brought some other people. There was a Belgian guy. There were a couple of people from the States and there were a few uh, local Colombian guys. You talked to Gammon about his run-ins with Magoo? <laughs> um, no, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't mention that. I figured, you know, let me try to keep it simple. You know, it's it's one thing to go at people on Twitter, right? But like when you're in person. And I know he was like always ranting in his Magoo fight as well about like being, yeah. uh, you know, why are you Magoo hiding behind your avatar? So I did mention to him that I'm one of those toxic uh, laser-eyed maximalists and that I was even part of the group that started laser eyes, right? So he was like, oh, so I have you to thank for that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it, it, was, it was pretty amicable. And he was just like, at, at least that's how he came across, you know, interested in learning more about Bitcoin. And he was asking, like, what kind of lightning wallets are the most secure. And then Luke was, like, giving him one answer. I gave him, I gave another answer. And that's when you realize, you know, that it's pretty hard, right? Like, yeah, because, so yeah, it's like, what's the difference between lightning and, and, and just on chain? If somebody doesn't know. Was he right? asked that? No, but if somebody asks you, right? So like somebody new comes up to you and asks you, what's the difference between by, like on chain Bitcoin and lightning? Yeah. And then you're like, Okay, yeah, well, yeah. Do don't worry too much about it. Just install a Lightning wallet. And then you're like, but, you know, you have to remember one is custodial, one isn't. Okay, what's the difference between custodial and non-custodial? Yeah. Dude, it's really not easy to explain to noobs without, like, just being overwhelming, right? It's so... I, the, way that it's I, not... the way that I do it is I just go, look, it's like, it, <laughs> it's it's a layer two. Was, and then, then the way I do it is I go, look, on-chain, it takes about 10 minutes for your transaction. Layer two? What's layer two? Lightning. Lightning's the layer two. And well, what does that mean? Well, this is how I explain it. I say on chain is like you, I say, you know, when you when you make a transaction on your on your card and you swipe it, and I go, yeah, and I go, but you know how it'll say pending for like the next two or three days? And I go, yeah, I do notice that. And I go, well, that's like on when? chain. Where no? Where what? do they say that pending for two or three days? Like if you go into your bank app on your phone like if you go into your bank app once you swipe your card it'll say like pending it won't it won't go through on your bank app right away it'll always say like the last two days or so of your transactions will say pending but the money goes through instantly you know so it's not pending it's the, the transaction happens and so that transaction like that you swipe your card that's 
the layer two. That's the lightning. It happens instantly. Yeah. You know, and right. I get it. So you so you fun. work with you work more with analogies, right? Yeah. Like yeah. for They're me, that different. wouldn't work. If somebody if if I was the noob and you were explaining that to me, I'd I'd hear you, but I'd be like, that. okay, but I want to understand why it's like that. Right? Oh, okay, yeah. And I also yeah. if I wanted, I also yeah, wanted you can to get know. into it. You can yeah. really get into it, but you know, not everyone wants to know exact like Oh, you know, it's actually not every 10 minutes, you know, it, it might take more than the next block, right? Like, depending on what the fees <laughs> yeah. are. And before you know it, you're explaining like blocks and signatures yeah. and, you know, proof of that, work. Sat per V byte, like, <laughs> explaining everything, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know. How many so, confirmations yeah. do you really need? So there's a lot of, yeah, like you could break it down and explain exactly what it is. Or you can make the analogy of the current banking system, uh, which I think yeah. like that that does enough for most people when you just explain the analogy of the current banking system of what Bitcoin, what Lightning is compared to on chain. You know, that's that's how I do it at least. Yeah, well, it's not easy. It's still not easy. You know, if I can, you know, it's like explaining like to my dad how this all works. You know. And because I can't get into the technicals of it, explaining how it really works. And this is my thing, engineering yeah. argument again, you know, like if people are not inclined to understand how the system works, then you can never get too technical because you lose them, yep. right? And that means they never really get how it works. And that's why they're always like, yeah, yeah, I just don't get how it works. And, uh, and then they don't trust it, right? Because they don't get how it works. I don't think that's I don't think my that, own I, I my own frustration. I I disagree. I think I think most people don't understand how most things work in their lives today, right? I think most people don't understand how their computer works. They don't understand how an airplane works. They don't understand how their car works. They don't understand how their phone works. They don't understand how a lot of things work. They don't even understand how the light bulb turns on when they press flip switch, right? Like people don't understand how most things work in their lives. Yeah, but you what know they why care about is really. What they care about is if it does work. I think that's the most important thing is if you can go, yeah, that's Bitcoin true. does work. It hasn't been hacked in 14 years. That uh, It's been around for 14 years. It continues to work. Every 10 minutes, there's a new block and it hasn't been hacked. You know, I think that is the more important but thing. Sean, it all, it all comes back down. When you, when you say Bitcoin, it, you can always say it, it always boils back down to trust. Because yeah. literally, if they don't understand how it works, but they're seeing that it's working, then they're trusting that it will keep working because you don't know how it works, right? But then you see something like FTX happen, or you see in the banking world that, you know, like a real bank collapses and your, and your funds are gone. Then it's like, hey, I'm starting to lose trust in these banks, right? How do I know I can trust this Bitcoin thing? Well, the way I knew that I could trust it is because I figured out how it works. And if I, you know, like people can tell me, remember when Jamie Dimon was saying, well, how do you know Satoshi's not going to show up and say, uh, haha, here's more than 21 million. Yeah. Well, because he doesn't know. Either, he he's, doesn't. either he's just playing stupid or he really doesn't know. But the point no, is, he, if you fall doesn't. for that, that know. is because, look, anybody listening to that and saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's because they don't know how it works. They don't understand and the having supply they're... schedule. Like yeah. the having supply so schedule can... makes a twenty-one million cap. Like that alone makes the twenty-one million cap is because of the having. Well, not not only only because of the having, but also because everybody runs the nodes and 
because we had the block size wars and uh, you can yeah. just change Bitcoin's consensus rules, right? So, um, yeah, because of that consensus, <laughs> combined with the having supply schedule, there will never be more than there will never actually even be twenty one million coins mined. It will only be it'll be just it'll be an asymptote getting closer and closer to twenty one million that ever, never actually touches it. But, but again, people who don't know what an asymptote is or have no clue what the hell you just said, right? they're just trusting. All it's, right, it's, well, a curve. Like, it's a curve. It's a curve like that, somebody that, who that ran approaches the a line that approaches a line and never touches it. <laughs> You're missing my point, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's it's either you trust it or you've you've ran the numbers and you verified for yourself, right? And with Bitcoin, it's possible to do that, so you don't need that trust. You can trust me that I ran the numbers or somebody else did it, that's fine. But the point is, you can, right? You can, you can verify. It, it does check out. And trust me, if it didn't check out, you know, you'd be hearing about it. Because I'm not going to test are you. Trying to, people are going <laughs> to, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. What else? Uh, so what you've been working on, Sean? Have you been building uh, during this bear market? Yeah, dude, I've been, I've been working a lot. What you uh, what you've been working on basketball, Fiat? Dude, I've been working on. Anything. I know, uh, I, dude. I saw. I heard you mention to somebody that you're uh, putting out the website for the havoc party this week. Yeah, that's that is, and I'm gonna hold myself to it. So that's pretty exciting, man. So let's get it done, dude. Let's let's get this having party going. Let's. Uh, you know, you know who pissed me off. I mean, you do know who uh -oh. pissed me off. It was well, it was Nick I, Carter? Oh, I thought Hanky. No, well, yeah, that guy too. But no one pisses me. Hanky seems to be living uh living rent free in your head. <laughs> I don't care about Steve Hanky. Screw that guy. Uh, Nick Carter. You know when he said there's there's no serious founders who identify with the plebs. At that moment, I was like, dude, we like we got to build something special on top of Bitcoin. And, um, and I hope, and I hope that I can do that with part and I can hope I can be part of that, like with the meme factory, with the having party, you know, I think that's something that I, that I think a lot of us identified was missing was a celebration of the having, which to me is one of the most important things in Bitcoin is actually Bitcoin. It's not fiat. It's not some random, you know, Bitcoin 2023. Why? I don't know. It's not, that's not part of Bitcoin's protocol. What it is the having is actually in Bitcoin's protocol. And so to me, I think it's important to celebrate actual things of Bitcoin. And so uh, you know, I hope we can go let's, down. Let's be stop. honest, right? If you if you look at riot blockchains, for instance, are they not like serious founders? There's so many like good Bitcoin only companies. You have this yeah. Dutch company who just came out with this really awesome documentary. It's called BitTonic. They were like one of the first in Holland, they were like the first, first guys to, to set up an exchange, you know, and they've been in business now for 10 years. They're like the most successful Bitcoin only yeah. company in the Netherlands. But these guys are not on Twitter all day talking about Bitcoin maximalists and shit coins, just like how Nick Carter is. Nick Carter is the ones that, you know, leveraging his writing to, to get more clout and invest in all kinds of VC programs and then 
yeah, but... he gets called out for it, and then he wants to lash back. I mean, just the guy is not even worth your time. You know, it's just such a joke. There's so many serious founders out there, yeah. but they're not at the level to to stoop down to Nick Carter's level and start shit posting and getting into stupid screaming matches on Twitter with him. I mean, yeah, I mean, the the only people who are triggered by that are like the Bitcoin plebs that you know, like fighting on Twitter with him all day. I'm a pleb, dude. What can I say? Yeah, me too. Me too. And uh, and I think it'll just be awesome when when the guys who started the laser eyes, you know, the laser eye crew holds. Remember when Nick holds, Carter thought he 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 started laser eyes? Yeah, he yes. <laughs> I agree. Just it just pisses. Like he's so, so delusional, dude. The kid is delusional. <laughs> And so that's what I'm saying. My is, star will continue to rise. Yeah, yeah he's exactly. like this egocentric, narcissistic type. You know exactly. And and so when when the meme factory goes down to El Salvador and we throw a freaking awesome banger of a having party that plebs get to come to and get to go around El Salvador after the party or before the party or whatever and really just get to enjoy the having and Bitcoin and the last bear market and new the new bull market that's approaching. It's gonna be like, that's right, mother effer. We came here as the laser eye crew, and we're gonna be successful at this. Like, yeah, you know, I may be a basketball player. We all may have like our different backgrounds, but we're Bitcoiners, we're plebs, and we can remain Bitcoin only and be successful and have a good time and still have that pleb mentality because we're not gonna leverage our Bitcoin, you know, like we're not gonna do stupid, we're not gonna sell ordinals, you know. Uh, we're not going to sell nfts like we're, we're just going to be focused on bitcoin and provide a good a good service for at a fair price and we're just going to dude i'm i'm really i'm really looking forward to it like just hanging out just like this last uh, bitcoin meetup here at Medellin. it's so fun like whenever i meet like pleb music or jj or then last time it was luke you know time just flies by you're just like hanging out you're drinking you're laughing you're 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 getting back memories, you know, like we've been hanging out for like so long now. Yes, you know? like yeah. Fighting fighting on the front lines against shit coiners, fighting footsters like Greenpeace, you know, together riffing on what Bitcoin could mean for the future, you know, and like I don't know, you know, it's it's just awesome. I look forward to meeting everybody. I still haven't met you in real in real life met. or anybody of the meme factory for that matter. So it's going to be a lot of fun meeting all you guys in, in person and just hanging out for a couple of days. You know, I, you know, I don't need no big uh, no big show with like a bunch of speakers or whatever. I'm just really honestly just looking forward to like eating some good food, drinking some drinks, shooting the shit. And That's going to be the best celebrating part. Celebrating the happening, you know. It's going to yeah. be awesome. But, yeah. you know, we're, we're going to have a couple of good speakers there who are going to be awesome. Uh, but the best part is going to be just being able to hang out with Bitcoiners, dude. Like that's... That's going to be the best part for me, too. All right. Well, I think that's good enough for today. Unless you had something, something else you want to bring up. Any final? No, no, no. Let's, uh, let's might as well close it. I don't even know how long we've been going. Been me neither. Yeah. Uh, maybe. Maybe a little more. Okay. Well, for uh, for everyone else tuning in, remember that the Meat Factory uh, podcast, we go live Thursdays at 7.30 p.m. Don't miss out. We always got a great show. It's uh, it's been a lot of fun. Bring on some of the best guests, some of the best people in Bitcoin. Uh, and remember, what you see here, what you hear here, when you leave here, 
don't just let it stay here. Please like, subscribe, share this episode, other episodes, your favorite episode of Bitcoiners Guide. Leave us a comment, you know, give us a comment. Let us know you're watching. Shout outs to everyone who's been commenting, you know, BTC Moon Guy, Fake, uh, you know, Triple XL Hoddle. We got to give everyone else a shout out. We got to give the beginning of the shows too. We'll do that. We'll get better at it. Um, and as for Bitcoiners Guide, episode 51 from Mr. Plan Marcus and Big Sean Harris, we're over now. Peace. <laughs>